0: The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ.
1: Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is James Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. As we speak, Pastor Chris is already on ground in the Philippines. A lot of exciting things are happening, and they are preparing for a great move of God over the next few weeks as she begins to minister to different leaders and many of the young leaders in training there. So if you would like to still sow a seed, it's not too late. You can go to our website and donate at SOGMI.org. Any donations help, and it is a very fertile ground. So today we're going to talk about looking past our own understanding and focusing more and relying on God's understanding. So to touch on this topic, we're going to listen to a clip from one of Pastor Joshua's teachings in regards to this topic.
0: So let's listen in. I want us to begin in Acts chapter 9. And you all maybe have heard this story before, but it's about a man by the name of Saul. And we know that this man would later on go on to write the majority of the New Testament. But at the time, he was known as Saul. Now, in Acts chapter 9, verse 1, It says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way of Jesus, whether men or women, he would bring them bound up in chains back to Jerusalem. So, this is the state of mind that Saul was in at the time. Why? Because he thought these people were such blasphemers. He thought that they were against the way of the Lord, right? Because he was a learned man, we know. We know that he had studied the laws of Moses. We know that he had studied under many of the priests. So this was a man of a lot of knowledge, even of spiritual things. And here he was pursuing the children of God, those that would follow God. It says in verse three, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell on the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And I want you to see that's kind of interesting, because he didn't recognize Jesus. Jesus. He didn't recognize God because Saul thought he was serving God. Saul thought he was doing the right thing. And when God showed up in his life, he didn't even recognize who he was. Verse five. So he said, who are you, Lord? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. It is hard for me to kick you against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight. And he neither ate nor drank. Now we know that Saul was a very learned man. He had studied the scriptures, he had studied under the priests in the temples. So he thought he was serving God and he was doing the right thing. And here's the thing. He had a lot of knowledge and a lot of understanding in man's system. And in order for Jesus to get Saul to follow him, he had to shake up his whole life, he had to blind him. And a lot of times we have to forsake the things that we knew in the past for God to get us on the right track. Because when God finally lifted the blindness from Saul, what happened? Scales fell from his eyes. Like he had been looking through a filter that was twisting what he was supposed to be looking at. And understand, God has to sometimes blind us from our old ways of doing things, the things that we knew before to where we're wandering in darkness and we don't know where we're going. God, what are we doing? All we have is God's voice. Directing us where to go. This is why later on Saul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, he said, Yet indeed I also count all these things, all the knowledge, all the learning, as loss for the excellence and knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He understood that all of that knowledge, all of that understanding, paled in comparison to what God had in store for you. But it's even further than that because in the Strong's Greek concordance, that word for loss or that word for nothing is the Greek word zemia, which means that it is loss, a detriment, or damage. It implies a bad business transaction. So he's not only saying that it's worth nothing, he's not only saying that it's a loss, He's actually saying it's detrimental to following God. It's detrimental to establishing his will in your life. Man's knowledge, your own ways of doing things, they're not just a loss. They are detrimental to you being able to get on the path that God has in store for you. And that's something that we have to understand because this morning God has been telling us We have to be willing to make changes. We have to be willing to shake up our own world. We have to be willing to say, okay, if I need to get on this path, I'm going to get rid of everything that's in my way. I'm going to get rid of everything that's stopping me from achieving God's perfect will in my life. Anything that I need to do, I'm going to do it. In those knowledge, those things, those habits that we've built up, and some of them are good, we know. But understand that those who only have had knowledge, those who only have a man's understanding of the scriptures, they might even find themselves working against the will of God, which is what Saul found himself doing. Even though he thought he was doing the right thing, he was on the opposite side of what God wanted to happen. And understand that when Jesus was here on the earth, who were his biggest opposition? Who were his biggest attractors? They were the spiritual leaders. They were the ones who were in the church. They were his biggest opposition. And they studied the scriptures all their life. They studied the prophets all their life, and still they found themselves in opposition to the will of God. So understand that man-made knowledge, that religiosity, it is actually a detriment to the will of God establishing in your life. It is actually something that will cause damage to what you want to accomplish and what God wants to accomplish in your life. So we have to be willing. To purge man made institutions from our mind, man made ways of thinking from our mind. God has always got something new. He's always got something fresh. And He'll always lead you down the path that you're supposed to go. The Lord has said that this decade is supposed to be something unprecedented for us, something that is so beyond anything that we've experienced. We have talked just last week about how the actions of a few influential people can direct the course of history for centuries. We are at the precipice of a move like that to where just a few people obeying God, just a few people getting to a position of prominence and authority that God has in store for them, that has the potential to change the course of history for centuries if God would linger that long. Hey, he said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. A move of God that is unprecedented, the likes of which nobody's ever seen in history, a move like that would put Satan under God's feet. It would put the body of Christ in authority and in power. So if we want God to return, if we want to see God come back for a bride without spot or wrinkle, if we want to see God's will manifest on this earth, we should obey him and pursue him with full abandon, laying aside everything that we know, everything that we've done in the past. Because in doing that, we can be like those influential few, those few people that steered the course of history. You know, people might not recognize us for it, and that's okay. We don't need the fame. We don't need the recognition. But God's going to see, and that's going to be a crown that we can lay at Jesus's feet. And that's something that I hope that you would desire to say, you know what, God, when I'm before the Lord Jesus, when I'm before the Father God, I'm going to be able to lay down, God, I obeyed you in 2020, and we changed the course of history. Through your obedience, I was able to bring the United States back to Jesus. Through your obedience, I was able to transform the lives of an entire generation, bring healing, bring restoration to millions of people. Okay, let's talk in terms of millions. Well, you might say, oh, yeah, you know, I was able to touch one or two. But we know through God's obedience, we can affect millions. With Joseph, think of how many people whose lives were saved because Joseph obeyed God. We know there was a famine for seven years. How many people would have starved to death if Joseph wasn't there? His obedience to God saved all of their lives, and they didn't even know it. So it's not just for our sake. It's for the sake of the current generation and future generations to come, our obedience could save their lives. Our obedience could put them in a better place. And they won't even know, but they'll thank us for it in the end. When they get to heaven, they'll say, man, through your obedience, our generation was transformed by your obedience. I want you to think about that. That's the kind of legacy that I want to leave behind. That's the kind of testimony that I want to have. We have so many dramatic and tellings of these testimonies. Oh, yes, well, I was in drugs and then God saved me and now I'm clean and I'm free, which is great that God's able to turn people around like that. But I don't just want a testimony that I was a sinner and now I'm free. I want a testimony that I was a sinner. Now I'm free and I transformed the lives of millions of people. See, you know, there's a thing that I remember listening to to CS Lewis talk and he was saying people often get into this mindset between two options is this option better than this option and he said people shouldn't think in terms of one option good one option bad but he should think in terms of there's good there's bad but there's also worse and worst and there's also better and best so god saving you from being addicted to drugs or whatever it was, that's good, but it's not best. God's best goes beyond that. And many people settle for good or okay. God's plan for our lives is not just good. It is the best and the greatest, most glorious thing you could ever experience. So stop thinking in terms of good or bad. Think in terms of good, better, and best. Because when God is leading you down something, He's always leading you towards His best. We know that God is not the kind of God to hold back, right? When God leads you on something, oh, well, you know, this will be good enough. No, God always has something miraculous. God always has something supernatural in store for every one of us. And you sometimes wonder, how can God do that? How can God have something to where it's amazing, perfect for each and every one of us? Only God can do something like that. So we have to see things in the spiritual realm. We have to see things going on in our family, in our business, things that are going on the news We can't just look at them at face value. We have to look at them in the spiritual realm. Because we know the prophets of God were given things like foresight. And they were able to see into situations. Don't go there. or You will surely be overtaken. That word came from God. And we, as the body of Christ, when God is leading us into places, we should be able to seek God and get that kind of foresight. Don't make that connection or you're going to run into issues. Make that connection and you'll be blessed. In the nation of Israel, they had all kinds of things like this. The kings that sought after the voice of God, they had triumph in battle. They were prosperous. The people turned towards God. Those kings that feared the Lord. God wants to establish us as kings and priests here on the earth. So we should be those kinds of kings that seek God out, that are willing to, okay, when the prophet speaks, I'm going to listen. When the word of God says something, I'm going to listen. And that's the end of the clip. So this right here
1: reminds us of the fact that our head knowledge can only really get us so far. If we rely only on our own understanding of what we've learned through experience, and through our own pursuits, we won't be able to fully grasp or go through what God wants us to go through. God's knowledge is something that is new and fresh and different and something we don't expect. And if we really want to take hold of his plan in our lives, we have to look past our own knowledge. Our own knowledge blocks us from that understanding. And at the same time, If we do nothing but rely on our own knowledge, we might unknowingly go against what God's plan is for us and be opposed to what God wants to happen. Not just for us, but for the people around us. That's what makes listening to God and His will so important. Because this isn't just our lives we're talking about, we're talking about our loved ones. The people around us, the people at our work... And even our city and our nation could be at stake in this situation. And we won't know it because we're not relying on God. So this obedience is very important. Always remember that what God wants for us is great and grand and something that we can't imagine ourselves. The example Josh uses of Saul, who then became the Apostle Paul, is very revealing in this situation. Because he thought he was doing the will of God. He knew the scriptures. He knew the Old Testament. And he knew the understandings. And he was a very devoted man. That's why he was going around killing Christians. Because he thought they went against what God wanted. He thought they went against God's plan and God's teachings. And they were blasphemous in this way. It wasn't until Jesus' divine intervention that he finally realized what he was doing was wrong and that God had a different plan. This set him on the right track, and we need to rely on God in a similar way or we will fall into pitfalls. I am reminded, again, as we have talked about before, of the difference between King Saul and King David. David was a man after God's own heart, while Saul was not. Saul was meant to be the great king, but he relied too much on what he thought was right and what he thought would be the better idea in passing it off as doing holy acts for God. We can't just go around going, oh, I think this is God's will, or I want to do God's will, but I really want to do this thing. I'll pray to God, and I'll pray the entire time I'm doing it, or I'll make a donation to God and go to church this next day. That's not going to cut it, because that's not what God wants for our lives. That's why we have to be open with what God's plan is and move past our own thinking. Because a lot of times he'll put us in a situation where it doesn't make any sense until the deed is done, until after the fact, when you see the harvest of what you have sown, that you really understand what God is doing. It goes back to having that relationship with God. Because we have to be on this situation in every aspect. Just going about our business, we should be talking with God. And it's such a simple thing to do. Just as you're acting, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. We can just do simple things like, oh, uh, should I pursue this? Does this look like a good idea? Or, hey, I got these different things that I'm thinking about doing. Does this sound good or does this sound good? Or should I be doing something else entirely? Or even just being like, hey, what should I do today, God? What do you want me to do today? I don't know what to do. We can do this even when we're out and about doing our business. We can do this in our free time, and we can do it when we are at work. We can do it as we're going to the market. We can do this at all times, and that way we're always in tune what God is wanting for us. And it develops our relationship with him even further. That's why this is so important. And that was such a good quote that he brought up in regards to C.S. Lewis and the point of pursuing either what's good or bad. We don't want what's just good. We want what's best. We have to pursue what is best for our life. Not just what we think is good. Because God's plan for our lives is always the absolute best. So we need to focus on God and his leading. And be willing to set us at our own understanding. Now I'm running out of time. So very quickly... I need to tell you that we have been given instructions from God to pray for our three branches of government, the judicial branch, the legislative branch, and the executive branch daily. We also need to be praying daily for our state's governments. So the governor, the lieutenant governor, the judges here, local in our state's, As this is a very important year for our government in 2020, not just because it's an election year, but because God is starting to make such great, mighty moves starting in 2020. And so we need to be praying for this change to also come to our government in every single branch, in every single section. And when we pray, we need to make sure to set aside all of our political biases and pray for God's will to be done. Don't pray for someone because you like them. Don't pray against someone because you dislike them. Instead, be sensitive to God's leadings and what you need to pray for and pray for his will to be done. Now, once again, Pastor Chris is in the Philippines and she is currently working and ministering there. But if you still want to sow a seed, it is not too late. You can go to our website at SOGMI.org and donate there, or you can send your donations to P.O. Box 1579, Halotus, Texas 78023. It is a very fertile ground, and you do not want to miss out a chance to be a part of it. If you want to join us in our Sunday services, we are located at 8419 Callahan Road in San Antonio, Texas. Our services start at 10.30 a.m. and 7.00 p.m. on Sunday. But if you can't make it and would still like to be a part of it, you can join our live stream at 11 a.m. on YouTube. Now, if you would like to listen to more of this broadcast or past episodes and get caught up, we have podcasts on SOGMI.org, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. God bless you for tuning in. This has been James Sasso filling in for Pastor Chris, and you all have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time.
0: Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579. Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org.